Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. I would like you to please turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning with verse 2 through to 4. We will read once again our foundational scripture for the series of lessons that we are doing today on living in the power of the promise. We will continue on the same theme. And God willing, Michael Morris will conclude the series next Sunday evening when he ministers on the same subject. Have you found Second Peter chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, reading from the New King James Version? Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Last Sunday, if you were with us, you will know that we have looked at living in the power of God's promise. Experience of what God promised us, living in the rather than living from the platform of the wisdom of men. I did mention to you last Sunday that there are only two ways we can live our life here on earth. One of them is that we live life based on the wisdom of men. In other words, what men says and what men can do. And the other, we can live our life as believers based on the power of God contained in God's promises, living in the power of the promise that God has given to us so graciously. Now, living in the power of God's promise means that we live and experience what God promised us in his word, as opposed to living from the platform and the wisdom and philosophies of men. So today we're going to take it a little further in order to understand the process that God takes us through before his promises are experienced and fulfilled in our life and begin to bear 
the kind of fruit which, of course, honors our Heavenly Father. The verses of Scripture that we just read contained the power of God, Peter tells us, to open up for us a whole new world of possibilities. In other words, if we believe those words and believe the promises of God from the heart, they will usher us into a life that is lived on a supernatural level by empowering us and enabling us to become partakers of God's divine nature. We need to understand that God's nature is full of love. God's nature is full of joy, full of peace, full of patience, long-suffering. His nature is also full of health and full of overcoming power and full of goodness and mercy. That is the nature of God, full of goodness. The good news is that Peter says we can become partakers of all that God is and share in his nature through these exceeding great and precious promises. Now that is, that is a wonderful revelation that God is giving us right here. That is why Peter calls these promises exceedingly great and precious. He says in another place that the word of God or the promises of God is the incorruptible seed of the living God, which lives and abides forever. You read that scripture somewhere? First Peter chapter one, verse 23, tells us that we've been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Now, this incorruptible seed of God is what gave us the new birth in the first place. This is how we got born again. We received the word that was ministered to us. We believed it from our heart, and we were born again, recreated as new creations in Christ Jesus. Remember that in our last lesson, I taught on how the promise of God and every promise that God gives us is like a seed that is planted into the soil of our hearts. God doesn't give us a full-grown tree. He gives us a seed. Now, if the seed of that promise or that word stays in our heart for a period of time and is well protected, in time, the seed will become a fruit-bearing tree. This is very important. The seed will become a fruit-bearing tree if it is allowed to stay within our spirits, within our mind, for any length of time. Now, the most vulnerable time of the seed it is when it is planted. Would you agree with me? That is the most vulnerable time of the seed. 
the moment we receive the promise of God and believe it, we have entered into the arena of spiritual warfare. We need to understand that. The moment you believe the word of God or the promise of God, you have entered into an arena of spiritual warfare. The devil knows that if the promise stays in our heart for any length of time and it is not disturbed through doubt or unbelief, it will bear the kind of fruit that will destroy the works of the devil and bring glory to God. Jesus warned us of this according to Mark's gospel. And I want us to have a look at that once again and read that together from Mark's gospel, chapter 4, beginning with verse 13 through to 17. Very important verses of scripture here as Jesus is teaching on the sower, sowing the word. Mark's gospel, chapter 4, verse 13 through to 17. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble now i know we have covered this before in our studies but i sense the need to go over it once again and make sure that you grasp and understand what jesus taught on this subject jesus said that when the word or the promise is sown and received from you immediately Notice the word immediately. Immediately, Satan comes to steal the promise from our hearts. How does he do it? Well, Jesus explained. He said, tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake. Another translation says, affliction or persecution comes or arises against you for the word's sake, the word that you receive will face persecution, will face affliction. Immediately, those that have no root in themselves will stumble. That is why I say that the moment we receive the promise, we have entered an arena of spiritual warfare. And the first wave of attack he uses against the promise is affliction and persecution. Let me give you an example that we're all familiar with. The promise from God in 1 Peter 2.24 says, who himself, that is Jesus, bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, be having died to sins, might live for righteousness, 
by whose stripes you were healed. And again, in Matthew chapter 8, verse 17, the promise of God or the word of God says that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, he, that is Christ himself, took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Now it is clear from these promises, from the word of God in the New Testament, that Jesus redeemed us from the curse of sickness and disease. He took every sickness, every disease upon him on the cross, and he took it down where it came from, down into hell, and left it there. Now, when we receive these promises from God, and you begin to exercise your faith for divine healing, for divine health, Satan will come immediately against the promise by afflicting us with physical symptoms, contradicting the promise, and telling us that the promise is not true. He will tell us using our five physical senses he will tell you you're not really healed i mean look at your body check and see how you feel he will endeavor through his lies and his lying symptoms to shift us away from the arena of faith into the arena of the physical natural realm through our five physical senses are you listening to me this is important this is where the warfare takes place now if we give in to those lying symptoms the devil has managed to snatch the promise out of our hearts and he won the battle if though we endure patiently trusting the promise of god regardless of how we feel resisting these symptoms in the name of the lord not letting go of our faith in the promise of god in due time we will reap the fruit of healing and health giving enough time to the seed of the promise to take root in the soil of our hearts and the seed becomes a fruit-bearing tree. That is why the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12 that you do not become sluggish or lazy, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises of God. Notice that it is not just through faith that we inherit the promises. We inherit them through faith and patience. We are required to exercise faith and patience before we become partakers of what is promised. The area of the promise, you endeavor to exercise your faith, that is exactly where the enemy will oppose you and attack you. If you're believing God for finances, 
that is where the enemy will attack you. He will oppose the promise of provision by trying to shift your attention from the realm of faith, believing what God said, to the realm of the natural physical circumstances. And when he moves you from the faith to the natural realm, because faith has to do with the invisible realm, we believe what is not seen, we believe what is not felt. But if he manages to get you down into the physical realm, he will always win the battle. And that's where the battle takes place. Now, if you are believing for deliverance from some kind of oppression, that is where the enemy will mount an attack. He will cause the pressure to mount up against the promise you received in the hope that you will let go of your faith, your confidence on that particular promise. Over and over again in the New Testament, the Word of God encourages us not to give up, but to hold on to our faith regardless of the circumstances we find ourselves in. Hebrews chapter 10, look at that verse with me, please. Verse 35 and 36 says the following. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 and 36. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance. Another translation says, for you have need of patience so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. There it is. The word of the Lord encourages us, no matter what we feel, what we see, what we go through, don't throw away your confidence in what God has said. Because if you endure for a season, through the affliction, through the persecution, you will receive what God promised you. Let's look at, at a scriptural example of the principle that I'm teaching you here today. Let's take, for example, the life of Joseph. Joseph received a promise from God in a dream while in his father's tent one night. He was just a teenager. The promise in the dream communicated to Joseph that one day God will exalt and he will elevate him to a place of great power and authority. Unwisely, Joseph began to share his dream or the promise with his family. The moment he shared the dream, the devil began to plan his downfall using his own brothers. That is why you should be very careful with who you share your dreams, because there are dream killers, promise killers. You don't want to share your faith with people that are doubtful and unbelieving. You share your dreams, you share what you believe, God, with those that know how to stand with you, how to believe God with you, and agree with what you are believing God. Four. Now, tribulation, as the scripture says, and affliction 
followed Joseph for a number of years. His brothers betrayed him, as you know, sold him as a slave to the Egyptian traders. Following that, he was falsely accused by his master's wife, thrown into jail, and in jail he was forgotten by the man who promised to help him out of prison. Now, despite all of the affliction and all of the suffering that Joseph endured, the Bible says that he never let go, he never gave up of the dreams or the promise God gave him one night in his father's tent. He continued to persevere, he continued to hold on to his faith, regardless of what was taking place in his life. He stood firm on the promise, and in the end, as you all know, he received the reward of the promise. But it was a process. It took a while. He got to live in the power and the experience of the promise because he faithfully endured until it was time to receive the fulfillment of what God promised him. And remember this, the greater the promise that God gives you, the greater the affliction and the persecution will arise against that promise. You need to know that. Remember this, Joseph had no Bible like you and I have today. He had no pastor, no believing friends to encourage him. He was in a foreign land in which there was no knowledge of the true and living God. He stood all alone. All Joseph had was the godly upbringing from his father and mother. That was enough, though, to hold him up in times of such adverse circumstances the devil brought about in his life. I wonder at times, why is it that we give up so easily on God's promises? With all the Bible training and teaching that we receive nowadays. Why is it that we have no depth of endurance when affliction or persecution arises? as a result of the promise we are standing on. I believe that we are a generation of uh, cushy, what I like to call cushy and comfortable believers, spoiled with so much at our disposal and yet so little depth of endurance. Deep down in my spirit, throughout the week, I keep hearing these words from Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 36. For you have need of endurance or patience, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. I want you to say this to yourself. I have need of endurance. I am in need of endurance. So that after I do the will of God and stand faithful and fast, on the promise of God, I will receive the promise. God is cultivating us. God is strengthening our ability to endure in difficult times, in hardships, in afflictions, in persecutions, in sufferings. God is developing our patience, perfecting us, so that when the time is due, he will reward us 
with what he promised. And I believe that our generation of believers stands in great need of endurance, of perseverance and patience. Another example is the Apostle Paul. No man has endured such hostility or persecution from his fellow Jews beside the Lord Jesus like Paul endured in his life. Scripture says wherever he went, tribulation, affliction, persecution followed him. At times it was so overbearing that by his own testimony he said to the Corinthians, we were burdened beyond measure above strength so that we despaired even of life. So severe were the pressures that he endured. In all of his afflictions and in all the persecutions and tribulations, he stood firm, holding on to God's promise of deliverance without turning back. At the end of his journey, he said to Timothy, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured. And out of them all, the Lord delivered me. In another place, he said, but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion and the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom to him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, there is the promise you can make your own. You can receive that from God. And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work. And the Lord will preserve me and my, my family for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. What a testimony of God's faithfulness towards Paul. What promise from God are you holding on to today? Let me ask you that question. What are you believing God for? What has God promised you and your family? Is it a promise of divine health, healing? Is it a promise of provision? Is it a promise of restoration of your marriage? Is it a promise of protection and preservation? What promise are you standing on? What promise are you believing God for? You know, at the end of last year, all of you know, I gave a testimony of divine protection and preservation from the Lord concerning our spiritual household. Remember that? How many of you remember that? You raise your hand. Praise God. Guess what happened next? Our spiritual leadership, except my wife and I, were all attacked with symptoms of this virus. The devil mounted an attack against the promise. Against the promise of preservation and protection I testified to. His attack on our leadership 
was a direct attack against the word that I believed and exercised faith on the promise of God that he will preserve and deliver us and protect us. Now, when the symptoms come, I have a choice. You have a choice. Believe what God promised in his word or believe the lying and manipulating symptoms our leadership experienced or you may experience. I'll tell you what my choice is. Let God be true, the Bible says, and every man a liar. Let God's word be true and every lying symptom be cast into the sea. Amen. Hallelujah. I believe God, regardless of the symptoms. I believe the promise of God is true, regardless of what it looks like or what it feels like. Why do I say that? Because I walk by faith and not by sight. And I will continue to testify of God's divine protection and preservation over all my spiritual household. And I encourage you to do the same. Your faith in God's promise serves as an umbrella that is invisible, protecting you and your family. The word of the Lord declares a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Amen. So don't drill holes in your umbrella through your words of doubt or unbelief or fear. Stand firm on the word of God. Amen. God declares. He will give his angels charge over you to keep you, to protect you, to preserve you from all evil. Do you believe that? Well, stand on it, regardless of what it looks like, regardless of what it feels like. God's word is truth. Amen. And anything that contradicts the promise of God, it is a lying symptom from the pit of hell. Praise the Lord. God did not lie when he promised us that he will preserve and he will deliver us from all evil. And these symptoms we may be experiencing, whatever they may be, it is Satan's attacks against the promise, endeavoring to convince us that God lied to us, which is impossible for God to lie. Amen. We will not give in to his lying symptoms. We will not bow to his tactics. Why? Because we are not ignorant of his devices. Ephesians say so. We are not ignorant of his manipulating devices. You remember the three Hebrew boys? They say to the king who threatened to throw them in the fiery furnace. You recall that? It's recorded in Daniel chapter 3, verse 16 through to 18, says the following, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. There is faith, there is complete surrender in the hands of God. In this case, please notice, the Lord did not deliver them from the fire, but he delivered them while they were in the fire. Are you listening to me? He didn't deliver them from the fire. He delivered them while they were in the fire. Their faith was tested and it was tried to the medicine. They did not bow and they did not burn. We need to exercise, I believe, the same kind of faith and tenacity if we desire to see God's miraculous ability contained in his promises to work on our behalf. What you say and what I say we believe, remember this, will be tested and tried and will be tried in the fiery furnace of affliction. What you say you believe, any word that you say you believe will be tested and your faith in God's word will be tried in the fiery furnace of affliction. If you prove faithful, and hold on to the promise without letting go of your confidence. The word of God assures us that we will end up reaping the rewards of the promise. Just as the scripture promises in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. So don't give up. Don't grow weary in your faith. Don't be discouraged, no matter what you're facing. Stand firm on the word of God, because in due season, the word assures us that we shall reap the rewards of all that God promised you. Many years ago, I was only a few years in the Lord. I came across a promise that the spirit branded in my spirit and in my mind was Genesis chapter 28 and verse 15. And this promise, I think, was given to uh, Jacob. But remember, the promises that were given to our fathers of faith, the Bible says, belong to us. Amen? Because we are the seed of Abraham. Whatever God promised Abraham and his descendants, it belongs to us because we are in Christ Jesus. This is the promise that I've, I've been standing on now and again. I remind myself of this promise. Listen to what the promise says. Genesis 28, 15. 
Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Wow, what a promise. God says, wherever you go, I'm going to be there with you, and I am not going to leave you until I have done and fulfilled whatever I have spoken over your life. Praise God forevermore. That's a promise to stand on especially nowadays that we are living in as the word declares that in the last days perilous dangerous difficult days will come upon us and listen folks we need to stand strong in what we believe we need to know what we believe we need to know in whom we believe because we will face contradictory circumstances afflictions, even persecutions. Amen? So let's stand firm and let's believe God. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you for you have so graciously given us exceedingly great and precious promises that through the revelation of these promises, the deep intimate knowledge of you, the giver, the promiser, and the promise. We become sharers or partakers of the divine nature, being elevated on a supernatural level, escaping the corruption and the decay and the destruction that is in this world through lust. We thank you for the promise of preservation and protection. We thank you for the promise of provision. We thank you for the promise of divine health and healing and strength. We glorify you. We praise you that you have given us all of these blessings in your promises. Help us and teach us and deepen our level of endurance, dear Lord, so that we may receive the blessing of every promise you have given in Jesus' precious and wonderful name. Amen. And amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.